This is Real Estate Team Builders, and I'm your host, Lars Hedenborg, the founder of Real Estate B-School. The real estate team building world is driven by big egos who boast about how many homes they've sold or how much GCI they've earned. We don't hear much about their low profit margins, the long hours they put in each week, or the unbearable stress they endure. In fact, I've discovered that most real estate teams are losing money when you consider the amount of personal production their owners must do to make ends meet. I believe that if you want to profitably scale your real estate team without working crazy hours, enduring unhealthy levels of stress, or coming up short at home, then thinking like a business owner, building sustainable systems, and empowering your team are absolute musts. You won't find any smoke and mirrors or hype here on my podcast, just the real world tools, systems, and strategies that work. So if you struggle to balance growing your real estate business with focusing on the areas of life that truly matter, then this show is for you. What's up, real estate team builders? Lars Hedenborg here, founder of Real Estate B-School. Today, I have the honor of having a chat with Tara Limbird, who I think we've probably known each other for maybe six, seven years or so, somewhere in that time frame. One of the most humble... Um, and super smart business owners uh, that I know. And I've said this before, that there's only like a handful of like some of these businesses that post these monster numbers. There's only like a few that are worth owning in like the entire country. And if uh, yours is one of those businesses, and I, I won't quote your financials, but you are running an economic model that is unlike any other organization in the country. So that's why you want to pay attention. I'm going to give you the quick stats. And then Tara, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. So 648 transactions last year for 191 million in volume, just under 6 million of GCI. You and your um, trophy husband uh, do property management, title, flips, rentals. You turn like dirt into money and like 12 years into the team, six years before that as a solo agent. So Tara, we're going to kind of unfold this conversation of leverage, which you have taken to the ultimate, ultimate levels um, over the last, like, well, really 12 years, probably. Talk about your market, why you got into real estate, and then just kind of catch us up, and then we'll get into the conversation about leverage. Okay, cool. Uh, well, like I said, I'm Tara Limbird, and I'm here in Northwest Arkansas. If you can't tell by my, I know people confuse me with my Boston accent. So no, just kidding. But um, yeah, we've, we've, uh, we run a team here. We've got a little over 20 agents. Uh, we're real heavy on our support team. I think we now have 19 support team members working for us. Um, you know, we're, we're home of Walmart. That's our claim to fame. And our area is growing like everywhere else. Uh, a lot of people are moving here from East Coast and West Coast, especially when you can work from home and get a uh, Pacific Northwest salary and live on an Arkansas budget. It's pretty attractive. Uh, so it's it's growing a lot. It's, it's a lot of fun to see our area turn. And, and of course, that creates a lot of opportunity and challenges all on its own with real estate as well. Yeah. So let's, let's unpack the conversation around leverage. So mm -hmm. we all kind of start out in this industry where like we get a real estate license and then it's kind of like, all right, let's figure out how to, how to make some money at this thing. So probably not focusing, well, maybe a little bit, but you like unpack the, the leverage and, and the main sort of points in your journey Sure. So you really sort of leaned into leverage. Okay, definitely. Um, before I even had a team, I knew I was working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 
as a solo agent, because I was, you know, I was the closing coordinator, the photographer, the sign putter upper, you know, everything. And I actually had a, a, a meeting with my broker and talking about next year's goals. And I wanted to, you know, always do more, 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 more. And they said, there's only so much you can do by yourself. So I said, maybe you should get an assistant. I'm like, no, my gosh, I can't have an assistant. I can't, you know, pay somebody. What if I don't have a closing? So I finally listened and I hired an assistant, but I would only let them work like eight hours a week. I'm like, that's it. Don't work like a, a minute more. That's all. Because I was terrified. But as we rolled with that for a month or two, I started to realize that this could actually work. And it wasn't an expense, but it was an investment. Um, so because I was able, I, I didn't let it allow me to have any time off, but it was just, okay, now I can go get more. So I did that for a little while. And then I started hearing the, this buzzword of a team, which of course we, there's teams everywhere now, but at the time in our area, there was only one team. It was a mother, daughter, or mother, son team. And uh, I didn't even know really what that meant, but I'm like, but that sounds good. So whatever that is, it, it must, it must work. So I started doing a lot of research and about that time, my husband, Nick, he'd had a real estate license years before, uh, but he came on board and then we hired another agent. So all of a sudden we went from me and my little bitty part-time assistant to three agents and a full-time assistant. And, uh, and that worked. And I think we stayed that as a team for several years and just kind of got you know our, our, our feet underneath us and try to figure out what, we're, what was going well and what was not going well. And then we just kind of slowly started adding to our team that one assistant became one and a half, then it became two. And it just kind of over the years started uh, peeling off the layers. Like, you know, as realtors, we all wear a lot of hats. And even when you have a team, you know, we're, it's not like we work at Walmart where everyone's got a super specific job. So, but, but through the years now, especially now with 19 support team members, we've really started to peel off those hats. So everybody's hyper-focused on what they do. Um, so anyway, you know, kind of having a team getting started to me, my next point of leverage was now that I had been doing this for at that point, probably at least 10 years, 10 to 12 years. I'm like, now, how do I buy some of my time back? You know, the, all the leverage before was how do I do more and how do I help my team do more? But then it was, how do I start buying some of my team, my time back? And that was, uh, so as building a little bit larger team and having that support team, took some of that off of me. Um, and so that worked really well. And then now here in the last year or so, one of the biggest mistakes that we made in our team is our whole foundation for leadership was just me and Nick. And that was it. There was no other layers of leadership. And that's kind of where we went wrong for a while. And kind of, I started driving myself crazy, you know, as an agent, you drive yourself crazy with buyers and sellers. Well, then I started driving myself crazy with the, with agents and the management of the, of the team and the training and and because we had, you know, we were the go-to for everything. Uh, so in the last couple of years, we've really worked on that a lot in hiring and training people to be leaders on the team. And that's really been like our, our, our next level of leverage because now it's, uh, you know, I always say my, my goal in real estate is to work myself out of a job. Like I don't want to, you know, I want everyone, no one to have to come to me for an answer. I don't mind someone coming to me with a question. But uh, I always say my goal is to be the receptionist. And that's no disrespect to a receptionist. That's like, I, I would love just to be the, the door greeter when someone walks in. And I get to say hi and I get to go make copies or tell someone someone's here. And that's my main, my main role. Um, but the team has doubts that I could actually do that and keep my mouth shut. They're like, 
you'd be over there like going, hey, did you see that? That this this needs done or that needs done. So I probably that I probably wouldn't work, but that's my goal is just to work myself out of a job. And so that's kind of the level or the 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 season that kind of we're in now is to, to leverage other leaders. And so because I also, you know, we work, we're an independent company and an independent team. And I, you know, I don't want people say, oh, but you know, you're limber and you're the team. I don't want to be the team. I want the team to be the team because I would love for this to keep on this, this train keep rolling, even with me and Nick out of the picture. Uh, we have an 11 year old daughter. And she said to me the other day, she said, mom, I know you probably want me to take over the real estate company someday, but I just want to tell you, I'm just not passionate about it. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, so that job's up for the taking <laughs> if anybody uh, is interested. So uh, but yeah, but that's, that's kind of our goal now is just to work ourselves out of a job. Yeah. So, so let's, let's unpack the first moment where you're, you're, you know, working 24 mm-hmm. seven and I don't know how many homes you're selling, but it's probably way more than like a typical agent. You're probably totally maxed out. Right. And like to think of where you are today and like, you could only imagine offloading eight hours to an assistant right and now you have 19 not they're not all assistants they're all at different levels but essentially nine backstage professionals Mm -hmm. where in the beginning you couldn't even fathom hiring one for eight hours so talk about the mental game there like what like and almost like what advice would you give your eight hours couldn't Mm -hmm. even imagine it a week self that could have accelerated the journey so others that are struggling for sure. Yeah. Well, and that's, you really have to decide like where you want to take this because, you know, I, I talked, I have a lot of friends in real estate, of course, locally and across the country. And sometimes they'll say, you know, I, I, I want to get out of production or I don't want to have to manage the, the team, but, uh, but then they don't want their team to grow. They're like, it's too many people. I don't want to mess with it. And, you know, cause I, I don't know. I, 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 to me, I still feel like we're not that big of a team, but I guess in the grand scheme of things, we're, a, you know, an average, large kind of team. But the thing is, is like, you can't, you can't hire people to do these positions to replace yourself if you don't have the income and the income comes from sales. So you have to grow and you have to grow in, in agents and you, or you have to help them grow in their production or you have to uh, increase their average sales price because you, you have to have that in order to, continue to uh, add people to your team. So, you know, that's why I, I tell the people on our team now, like there's there's a path for them to grow with our team, but that path only happens if we, if we keep doing better and we keep doing more. So it's an incentive for all of us to how do we help push ourselves? How do we help grow? So we can, you know, even because a lot of times we talk about the careers for the agents and how do they make more money, but it's also how, how are you set up a long-term path and a career for your support team members as well. And, uh, and so that's, I think that's the thing to kind of think about is if you want to continue to replace yourself, you have to grow an agent count and you have to grow in production uh, because in, for the agents, those support team members are there to help them too. So now sometimes with agents, you bring people on the team, they're like, I don't want more people on the team. That's, you know, more competition for leads or whatever the case may be, some of that uh, kind of limited belief, but the more support team members we have, the better it helps their life. 
in their production as well. Because we're, we're, we're basically helping our agents now to build leverage, but they don't have to go out and do what we did. They don't have to start a team. They don't have to start from the ground up. They can take the, the foundation we already have and then kind of help with that, whether they have you know, an assistant or a showing partner or a junior agent or whatever that might, that might be, but that kind of helps uh, them building leverage within the team itself. Yeah, that's so, so good. And it's almost like, and that's where some of our frustration comes from as team leaders as well. We're like, even with our kids, we're like, you have no idea how good you have it. Like I tell my kids, I'm like, you better figure out a way to make money. Yeah. Because like this house and the pool and the vacations, like this is not how, this is not normal. It's not how I was raised. Right. So it's almost like we create this environment for our agents and we want it to be easier for them. And we built it in a way where it works for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. our agents become our kids in the similar mm-hmm. way. We're like, we love them, but right. there are times where they just don't appreciate us. Do you have any yeah. comment on leading and managing agents? Oh gosh. Well, um, lots of patience, you know, you know, <laughs> where it's all like herding cats and, um, uh, and I mean, I, you know, I relate a lot to the agents because that's, you know, that's all, that's how we all started. So, um, uh, but I think, like I said, I think the best thing to do is to, is to get yourself to a point where you can add layers of leadership and help because, um, you know, it's, you know, I, I love, I love working with agents, but it's, it gets to a point sometimes where it's like working with buyers and sellers where you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna pull my hair out. And it's kind of the same thing with the agents. Cause we're all crazy. We're all running in different directions. We're all in, independent contractors. And so, but if you can have some help and gain that leverage, then, you know, you can take a little time off because, you know, on the weekends or nights that are the buyers and sellers calling it's agents calling and needing help and contracts written and all that. So Um, so just have lots of patience and get yourself some help. So, yeah. Yeah, Awesome. So, um, before we hit record, we talked about like, um, you kind of talked about leverage at work and leverage at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unpack that a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, you know, we, we talked, um, we, we've talked about this before, like with you, I know, because I had mentioned, um, like we have, we have an assistant at work that helps us just me and Nick personally with work stuff. And then some of our other businesses, but then we also have help here at our home as well, because, um, you know, again, I'm in a season of life now, I'm trying to buy my time back. And so if I can, you know, have some help with whether it's, you know, the laundry or the the dishes or picking up after the house, just those things that I could find the time to do, but I'd rather be able to come home and spend that extra time with, with my daughter or my husband. And so just trying to buy back, buy back some of that time, but it's hard because there's also a level of guilt, you know, it was always like, Oh my gosh, I feel guilty. Like, like, you know, as a wife or a mother or a woman, you just feel like there's certain things are just kind of your responsibility. But I know you mentioned them to me one time that always stuck with me is you have to think about it as you're creating an opportunity for someone else. And so that's uh, that always helped me kind of come to peace with it. Is that, that that you know doing this every every job that we have at work, someone else could probably do, but it's created opportunity for them. So whether it's professionally or personally, the things you know. Uh, so like I said, it's just all about leveraging your time and whether whether you're or whether you're going to use that time to go out and start an ancillary business off of real estate or increase your production uh, or just or just have some you know, a little bit of your life back. Um, so that's, that's what we've been trying to do here lately is just, just recapture a little bit of the time that, 
that from my from my 30s to my 40s, there was no family, friends, personal time. So trying to buy, buy back a little bit of that now. Yeah. And, you know, when you think of, uh, you know, when you think of selling like one person selling 30 homes a year, mm-hmm. and that's pretty crazy. There are evenings and weekends and a lot of stress involved. And then thinking of like your entire journey and now you have the opportunity to to even scale back a, a, a little bit less the whole journey it's all a mindset game right, right? so when, when you think and, and you mentioned before i want you to comment on a, a couple things um you you mentioned this so these are your words and it's kind of like your overarching like choose your hard mm-hmm. you know so talk talk about that as it relates to your journey in business sure you know, as a as a single agent, you know there were less stresses in terms of I wasn't I had no payroll, no salaries, um, so there's less stress from a financial standpoint in that regard. But there's more stress on time and things slipping through the cracks and bad customer service and those kind of things. And so, um, you know, and then then have adding a team, like I said, even just eight hours a week, that was super stressful. For me in the beginning to have to, to bear that burden of, a, of, a, of an assistant and now as a having a team with with agents you know that's there's there's a lot of stresses because now there's so much real estate you can't control but before i at least knew that i would go out and bust my rear and go sell houses well now i i have to put my faith that other people are going to be like me and so you know so, but it's so it's i always say it's just kind of choose your heart because each one of these stages you know, is is hard one way or the other. It's hard with the financial burden or financial stress that maybe comes with knowing that you're paying all these salaries or marketing expenses, whether someone sells the house or not. Or it's hard knowing that your time is completely sucked up by working 24-7 and not having uh, any help in, in any regard. So I think it's just, you kind of got to look at each piece. And, and I think sometimes we think we're going to do this because it's going to be easier and it, it may be easier in one regard, but it adds a layer of of hard in another area. So you just have to kind of pick which one that you can lay your head down at night and feel the most comfortable with. Um, so there was one one time we were at a a, a B school intensive, mm-hmm. and I forget exactly how you said it, but we talked about it a little bit before we before we started today, and something around like chasing more and realizing success, and then we talked about you know, the, the halftime mentality, like the, your life is broken up in quarters. So what would you talk about with success and, you know, wanting more, what are you trying to accomplish? Talk about all of that. Okay. Um, I think at the, the, the B school, the mastermind, I said something along the lines of for so many years of my life, I chased success thinking once I, you know, once I hit some level, because I was always moving the goalpost, you know, if you hit something like, well, that wasn't good enough, you got to move it up and, and thinking, well, if I ever hit that, then I'll be happy. And then realizing that success doesn't breed happiness, but happiness breeds success. And so it's like, just, just trying to have a mindset and be careful about what, what you're actually chasing. And, uh, and, and you had mentioned one time, you kind of think of your life. And I tell people this all the time. I think they look at me like I'm uh, you know, uh, morbid, but I'm like, well, okay, let's just say I live to be 80 years old. So I'm going to chop my life into four quarters. So from zero to 20 years old, to me, that path, you know, it's already kind of set for you. You're growing up, go to school, that sort of thing. 
20 to 40 was, you know, getting your college education, getting your, you know, your feet wet, getting your career. And so 20 to 40, that's all I did was just focused on like career more, more, more. What's it going to take? I just want to be successful. What does success look like? I don't know, but I'm chasing it. What, you know, someday I'll catch it. Oh, I think I caught it. Oh, that wasn't good enough. You know, I just kept moving the goalposts. Um, and so now like I'm in my third season of life between that 40 and 60. And, and now, you know, I don't really have it all figured out. I'm trying to, like, I was just been so focused for so long on, on building a career and being successful that now I'm trying to use that career and keep the pedal, the gas pedal down. I want everything to keep turning, but I don't want to be the one pushing the pedal all the time. So it's now, but then now if I buy back my time, I even put a Facebook post a few years ago. I'm like, I need a hobby. Does anybody have any ideas on hobbies? Because <laughs> like my only hobby has always been just to work. So I'm like, I don't even know if I buy my time back, what do I, what do I even do with it? And I'm still trying to figure that out because it's just never been my focus is idle time. It's just, you know, how do you do more and how do you, how do you be more and get more and that kind of thing. So, so that's kind of where I'm at now is just trying to figure out, but, but I'm glad I did the things I did between 20 and 40. So I can have the options now of trying to figure out what do I want this next stage to look like? Cause a lot of people don't have that choice. You know, they just, you know, you get in a career and you just stick there for 30, 40 years and, you know, get your retirement and that's it, you know? And so I'm fortunate to now be in a position where we're, we're trying to figure out what this next stage looks like. And, uh, but if I didn't build the team and I didn't build the leverage and all these kind of safeguards, then, then, you know, these wouldn't, wouldn't even be options for us. Yeah. And I, I don't want to take credit for that. Um, there was a book called like literally called halftime by Bob, oh, yeah. Bu Bob Buford. And I remember when I was listening to the book, I it was literally my 44th birthday and I, I'm an, I'm an even numbers guy. Like if, mm -hmm. if I'm buying a house, the offer is going to be like, every number is going to be even it drives my wife crazy. So I was four, 44 listening to the book, just realizing like the same realization, like yeah, uh, it's an even number. Yeah. yeah. And the book, the book forces, uh, forces you to think about like, Hey, at the, at, at 88, Mm -hmm. You know, what are you going to wish you like how, how you spent your time when it's too late? Right. You know, so it's almost like uh, thinking about like, where am I going to have regrets in my life? So if mm -hmm. you focus too much on the business, you may, you know, neglect your spouse or your kid or, right. you know, I just thought it was such an awesome, like, you know, realization is that we, we can easily people like you and I can easily just grind and, and chase mm -hmm. more without a realization that it's not all about more, you know, there's a, right. a, our ability and we impact through our business. So I don't want to minimize, but at the same time, like I did one meeting with this nonprofit and um, all nonprofits have no business sense. So one thing you could do <laughs> is find a, a nonprofit and you could oh, just yeah. pl plug in and like, I, it all just shocked them the questions I was asking. Cause it was all like, straight up growth capitalistic like we're going after money right we have to extract it from the rich people yeah. <laughs> they're like oh you're talking like crazy talk it's like <laughs> no that's like how we work in business like real estate is cutthroat so um, so your journey is awesome i i just love uh, every piece of it you know i remember um you know remember that time where we put uh like your functions of all your business and then yes. we we just went through you know Okay, so who's in this position? And you're like me. Who's in this position? 
And that was probably at least four or five years ago. So that's, yeah. that's the thing too. I think a lot of times like it's, these things don't happen overnight. You know, it's like, it's, it's this gradual thing and, and life still happens. Like, I mean, like right before I got on the phone with you, I found out one of the, one of uh, the girls on our team on the support team side for one of our businesses put her two week notice in. I'm like, well, all right. But you know, but we have things in place where this person's going to step up and they're going to do this. And, and I think that's my thing with all of this is like trying to like, uh, just be preventative and safeguard everything because you know and especially in the real estate when you're self-employed own a business commission only there's so many things to worry about and there's and then being in real estate there's so much you can't control like I can't control the economy I can't control interest rates pricing interest rates consumer confidence like I you know I just uh, you know but I've been in the business long enough now to know that no matter what's going on in the in the economy people still have to have a place to live so now it's just working through what does that what does that look like? And so uh, you know, I like in the beginning, like you know, you worry about leads. Where'd your next lead come from? Well, I think we've done a good job throughout where to where to spend money on leads and how to brand ourselves. Okay, so that's checked. And it's you know, how do we train the agents? Well, we've got people, we've got someone that does contract training, we've got someone that does sales training, okay, check. And it's like you're just trying to go through all the things that can go wrong and again kind of work yourself out of the boxes and because uh, like I said, like you, my name was in every box. I'm like, so it was very easy to say, okay, yeah, that's the, that's the problem, you know? And so now that now my whole thing is how do I get my name out of every box and work myself out of a job where I'm not even on the accountability chart, you know? So, uh, and then, then you get, then you have the freedom to actually do what you want to do instead of having to do what you have to do because you don't have any choices. So. Yeah, that's really good. So I, I want everyone to remember you know, that, that last sentiment there is it's mostly a mindset game. Like, so Tara has, as we all do this, it is, a it's a shadow side of the way we're wired is that we're constantly going to seek the next level and then wait, it moved, you know, so that's mm -hmm. just part of who we are, but this mindset of how can this run without me, you right. know, so it's, so you're, you're actually, you're able to disconnect your income from the hours that you work, from the stress that you endure. So I love it. I posted recently and I'm not new to the 75 hard mm -hmm. sort of thing, oh, yeah. but you have made a decision to constantly choose hard things to do. And as a result, you've just been able to increase your game, increase your confidence, increase your capabilities, and just to keep expanding. I just love that thought. Just choose your hard. And Tara, you have been uh, just awesome. Uh, to, to have worked with a little bit over the years and just to call a friend and just Nick, do not take the comment about, it was only meant as a, a positive comment that you're, what did I call Nick in the beginning? Trophy husband. No, Nick blows like my that. mind as sort of, like one time you guys told me, it's like, yeah, you know what? I turned a, a $10,000 piece of dirt into like all this money. Like, I'm like, how do you do that? Like, how do you just like, <laughs> Oh you know. yeah, Nick. He's a, he's the networker of our team, and and it's funny because sometimes new agents they come on and they don't, and because Nick still produces and he does well, and people are, I think sometimes like I have to remind them just so you know Nick doesn't get leads, and I'm like, first of all, do you think I would trust him with the lead? He wouldn't. He wouldn't put it in the right system. He wouldn't do it. So he just goes out and jibber jabbers with everybody, and somehow becomes best friends with everybody he talks to. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, Tara, well, you be good. And this was amazing. There's a lot of value in here. So I appreciate your time. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Good to see you. Right. See ya. <laughs> Thanks for listening. 
Would you please take a minute to share the show with other team leaders who may be struggling? And if you love the podcast, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you wanna learn step-by-step how to build a profitable real estate team that allows you to get out of the real estate grind and live the lifestyle you've been dreaming about, visit us at joinrebs.com. That's joinrebs.com. Our coaching, training systems, and support will help you get more high-quality leads, increase your conversions and sales, improve your client experience, and allow you to scale your real estate business, all while reducing the amount of hours you work and the stress you endure. Just go to joinrebs.com for more info now. See you on the next episode.